0: Alright everybody, it's been a while since I've done one of these pods, I'm now in the future, I'm in the land down under I'm eating Vegemite and Tim Tams and kangaroo steaks And uh, basically, I'm on the road, traveling Right now, I'm actually sitting in the passenger seat, because you know I need a little space to myself to do this podcast of our new car that we bought here for 2500 Australian dollars. It is a Ford Laser, 1997. The paint is peeling. Somebody keyed it before we owned it. You know, we didn't piss somebody off enough to key this car. Somebody else did. The previous owner did. And um, besides that, you know, besides the paint job, it runs like a top. It's a beautiful machine. Good fuel economy and tip-top, no leaks, no overheating. Um, basically, it's really, really great shape. And it's taken us up the coast of Australia. Right now, we are basically on the southern tip of the main, you know, the main island. It is an island after all, but the, uh, the main island, the only more south that you could really get, is uh, a few little peninsulas here and there and then the island of Tasmania. But we are in Melbourne right now, which is the city that we landed in. We took a, an excursion, a two-day trip, two-night trip out, um, out to the west and south to the coast from there to see some sites, the 12 Apostles, London Bridge. It's these kind of um, sandstone, cliff-type area. Um, few nature spots we saw some koalas up in the trees in the gum trees some kookaburros some wallabies we have yet to see any kangaroos but pretty excited to do that once we uh you know that's that's a big that's a big one on my list is to see some kangaroos of course but seeing the wallabies was cool Um, now we're back in Melbourne for a couple nights before we head east and then north up the east coast the east coast of australia for those of you who don't know is where the majority of the population is basically and it's it's a lot more temperate than the desert outback that is the main you know uh, land space of australia is is this red sand desert which we hope to take an excursion into um more the more the north the northern outback um it's a little easier to access from what we've been looking at um so maybe out from brisbane once we get up there that way and up to the gold coast and sunshine coast so lots of cool stuff going on uh lots of travel um you know traveling has its ups and downs and it's i think the thing about traveling you know my last episode i think was about traveling and some of the some of the things that i talked about challenges about it um it's tiring it, it's an activity and it's a self because you no matter what you are making choices of where to go your and choices you you know there's a, a saying about um, decision fatigue uh, that is something that you have to force yourself through because you have to make decisions and you want to make good decisions and ultimately you end up making poor ones and reflecting on how maybe that was a bad decision you know um, even planning this trip we didn't know enough about the locations of where we wanted to go or basically the locations and and just kind of the geography of of Australia as well as New Zealand which is our next destination after Australia but um we we had a connector flight when we flew into Australia from Brisbane to Melbourne and then we are basically making our way from Melbourne to Brisbane to fly to New Zealand it would have made a lot more sense to originally fly to brisbane and make our way to melbourne then we wouldn't have had to do that extra connector flight which probably cost us around 400 canadian for the two of us combined so that would have cut down the cost of our initial flights and then also when we're in melbourne i think we're a bit closer to new zealand so the flight would have been easier from there as opposed and and probably cheaper as well so you know traveling is just a well go listen to my previous podcast I talked all about traveling I don't want to bore you guys about that but it was um now I'm in it so now I'm now I'm really experiencing um, those those things that I mentioned in that last podcast I'm, I'm actually living it and we are staying mostly at Airbnbs so far we we have this car which we bought which was a whole experience of its own you know, buying a car in a foreign country we basically they needed proof of res like our, our address and stuff like that and we just gave them like our confirmation of an airbnb that we were staying at for five days and they're they just like glanced at it and they're like okay that works um and also they needed this car needed to be safety and have registration from the previous owner and all this stuff and like which most cars don't when they're for sale um this car we lucked out we really lucked out on this car and now we have to try to resell it once we get to Brisbane so you know we're only here for five weeks buying a car and reselling we literally bought this car um not the day we got here because we got here at night but the next day we bought this car so one day one like full day in Australia we already had a car and we bought um you know the guy we bought it from also you know he was a mechanic he he also had this van and the, he had some camping gear in the van that he just gave to us. It was awesome. It was a, uh, they call it an Esky, but it's a cooler. He gave us a cooler and a stove and some dishes and, and a sleeping bag. And that got us started. And we, I went out on marketplace and found a tent. I found a, uh, a jump starter battery that we can also charge our devices on. The huge downside of this car, is the cigarette lighter plug doesn't work, so that's annoying. Because you know we're charging phones, we're using GPS, I'm hotspotting off my phone because I have an Australian plan now, and using a lot of phone battery. And so I got this jump starter battery, um, you know, in case of emergency to start the car if we need, to, if we you know accidentally left a light on or something like that, and also to charge our devices while we're traveling. Um, because we're not just jumping from Airbnb to Airbnb, where there's plugs, we also plan to do a lot of camping, which is why I bought all that camping gear. So, uh, really excited to do that and really kind of get in touch with some of this nature out here. Uh, we've gotten out into the nature on some hikes and some drives, and but unfortunately, we've been in the city a little bit more than I would like. You know, we wanted to give ourselves some time here just to adjust to the jet lag. Um, we started drinking coffees like mad because we'd heard from so many people about how great the coffee was in Australia and especially in Melbourne. And the coffee here sucks. I mean, coffee anywhere is just so hit and miss. And we went to places that were recommended by other people who are coffee fanatics. And honestly, one of them, it it tasted like wet dog. It was like the worst coffee I've ever had in my life. Um, we've had other coffees that are okay. And overall we've just been drinking too much coffee. So then we had to stop doing that being jet lagged, kind of withdrawing from coffee. It was just like, we needed to recover a little bit. So we're, we're recovered now, but we're like a week and a half into this, like we better be recovered by then. Um, and like as much as you can be. And, you know, there's this thing that happens with traveling where you just start to rally. You just start to be like, yeah, I can I can go. I can go. I can do a lot more than I used to in my day-to-day. And the other thing too is I'm trying to balance my business while I'm here and that is so challenging for me. That is so hard. At the end of all these decisions you have to make, all this driving I do, all this trip planning, all these sightseeing, all this sun, you know, I've already gotten a fucking bad sunburn and by the end of the day, all you want to do is just like, like all you feel like you can do is maybe watch something on your phone or listen to a podcast maybe or hang out with Emily and just all I can do is just basically go to sleep. I fall asleep like that. I fall asleep so quickly compared to how I normally fall asleep back at home where I end up staying up super late um, just because I have energy, but I just fall asleep like that and, and all my business stuff is piling up and Basically what I have to say, um, you know, different media is doing great. Um, it's just keeping steady and yeah, it's January is always a slower month and I'm only releasing four videos a month, uh, instead of eight, which I was doing in November and December. So things have slowed down, but naturally so. Um, and I'm forcing myself to keep up with that. I'm, I have multiple filmmakers that, um, you know, are contacting me and working with me and editing for me and filming for me and I'm having to review their work and, and work with them. And that alone is, is too much for me right now. I'm, I'm forcing myself at certain times to do that work, but it is piling up. And the other thing that is so fucking annoying, like seriously, YouTube, um, People say this endearingly here in Australia, but YouTube, you are a silly cunt, I have to say. They fully demonetized my Forrest Stevens channel, which is where I post this podcast as a video. And they they did that because of harmful content. When I open that up and explore what they mean by harmful content, they mean the use or showing of uh, substances like tobacco, alcohol, and obviously, in my case, cannabis. And I also talk about mushrooms, LSD, I talk about psychedelics, you know, for self improvement, and also my personal experiences, not not really about anyone else. I'm not encouraging anyone else to do it. I'm talking about my own experience with something. And I'm getting not just those videos demonetized or or like oftentimes I would get videos just partially monetized where it was like that orange dollar sign instead of the green one or the yellow or whatever and it was like I'd get like 20 cents per like million views basically (laughs) like they, they gave me something at least but with this it's literally all my videos are demonetized and I have I have like 300 videos on that channel of, of, uh, vlogs of traveling, homesteading tutorials on how like on that. And like my build series for my minivan and my renovation for my, for my, uh, motor home. And it was my secondary channel where basically everything I did that wasn't the different media documentary filmmaking went and landed. And YouTube is just like, Hey, you've been making too many of these types of videos, so we're demonet, like we're do- de- demonetizing your entire catalog. It makes a lot of sense, YouTube. Like, it makes so much sense to do that, right? And um, that's where I was posting these uh, podcasts too. And you know, these podcasts sometimes I have guests on who talk about their their psychedelic experiences or something. You know, I want to get into something interesting. That's why I have those people on. And, and really it's like, what happens there is, um, I'm not sure what I should do. Like my main thought with that is basically take all of those videos that they think are harmful content, which I think is totally ridiculous and put those on a separate channel and have like, you know, Forrest Stevens, bad boy, (laughs) basically where I do all the uh, stuff that they deem harmful. And, and then I have Forrest Boy, Forrest Stevens, clean boy, I have Forrest Stevens, clean boy and Forrest Stevens, bad boy, um, or dirty boy. And, uh, and, um, you know, I, uh, separate those a little bit. And where does my podcast land on that? When I talk about things like that, where I call YouTube a silly cunt, where I have people talk about psychedelics or where I talk about different self-improvement things that I'm doing that might be deemed harmful content you know it's it's a tricky situation I'm in and it's a bummer because that YouTube channel um although I'm not super active on it as much anymore you know I basically won't do this podcast and put that up there and a couple little ideas that I tinker with and stuff like that I just I just don't have the time to do like the vlogs or the it's just not my it's not my idea of quality content anymore to do that kind of stuff, so I don't. But it was still a place where I knew I could throw something, and it had a little bit of an audience. You know, I have 13,500 subscribers on that channel, and some fans and people that are, you know, um, probably listen to this. And, so, you know, it, it's guaranteed a few more views than if I threw it on a channel with nothing, so. I don't know, I, I definitely got to do some rebranding there because of YouTube's stupid ass guidelines and because they basically want you to make kids content and and not say anything remotely controversial or show anything of any actual substance. Um, YouTube is the cuck of the video world at this point. And it's unfortunate because without it, I would not be here right now. Without it, I would, I would, basically not be anywhere um financially you know I, I couldn't even imagine where i'd be without youtube it's it's been my full-time business for five or six years now and i'm you know calling it all these names and saying they're making poor decisions and i think they are and it affects me in a very small way that channel was making not much money and like i said i wasn't posting that much stuff to it anymore um but I can see how it could affect so many channels. And the thing is, is like even that, you know, even the fact that they have made it so that I can't earn anything from my work. Um, if I decide, like it, it really, it, it, censorship, that's the thing about censorship. And and it doesn't have to happen in such a direct way where, where some governing body or some authority says, you cannot do this. It can say you will not be rewarded by us if you decide to create this. That alone can deter people just as it, it just as it will deter me in some ways f- from making or from even publishing on a platform or sorry on a channel that has those viewers. Um, it'll deter me from, you know, it, it, it makes me make choices that are different. And those choices will inevitably um, produce less views on that type of content. So it's like a self-censoring type of thing that happens because there's no, because they take away uh, part of the incentive to create and to publish on that platform. And, um, you know there's even more extremes than that like you know tiktok you basically you can't put anything on there because tiktok is for children and if you're watching it um you might have problems <laughs> i mean i might be alienating some of my listeners here but tiktok it it appeals to your child self and, and basically the undeveloped parts of you. Um, yeah, I know it's an algorithm that appeals to, um, you know, basically who you are and what your interests are, but there's also a huge part of it that preys on any sort of undeveloped part of you. If you are sexually repressed, um, you TikTok will send you so much of that. If you are, if you are, if you have problems with uh, overindulging with food, you know, maybe we could call that, we could define that loosely as gluttony. Um, You know, we could define the first one as lust. You know, these are the, we're going into the sins here, right? Some biblical shit. If you have problems with overeating and you crave food all the time, then your interest might be to watch people make these uh, lavish cakes and fatty burgers and, and stuff on TikTok and that's what it'll feed you. It's, it's feeding you what, th- what, your, what your want is. And if you think about the word want and, if, and we think about what wanting is, wanting is craving and the Buddhists say that craving is the root of all suffering especially when it comes to an individual and so these these um, algorithms are trying to give you what you want but you cannot eat that video of that hamburger you cannot well I guess you can pleasure yourself to those those videos that you know on TikTok that are you know sexy or whatever but it's not really giving you what you want it's it's giving you a visual a, a video it's it's really that's all it's giving you is a video and it's not satisfying those those wants and i think it's actually important to look at why we have those wants i i don't think that those videos or that algorithm will ever question the wants that you have it will only feed you things to continue that behavior because that's that uh, makes you spend more time on there if there's a video that makes you question what you're looking at um, like maybe this conversation or this podcast would then it will actually be not promoted and pushed through the algorithm because it will take people off of site and off of program and off of app and that in a way is censorship, brother. And that is censorship. And that and TikTok has a much more direct approach to censorship than YouTube does, but YouTube is censoring me by not monetizing me. It's just an indirect way of doing it. And it's might also be a way to give more advertising revenue to other channels that um, that they like better, you know, in their in their evaluation of what they want on the, the site. And the other fact is, is marketing is one of the first things to get hit during a recession, and we are 100% in a recession, we have high inflation, Um, people are not consuming as much as they used to which means that advertising is less effective and which means that companies have less dollars to be able to put into advertising because people are consuming less and so advertising gets hit and you know the advertising money that they would pay for to have my channel going they could put that towards another channel that that wouldn't feel the brunt of this recession and this advertising Um, you know, the money being taken out of uh, these YouTube ads as much because they could take it from these smaller channels that don't matter as much to them. Um, They want to basically appease and uh, people who are creating content that brings in lots of viewers and actually brings people to the site um, as opposed to just kind of a passing video in the suggested feed or in the algorithm that hits a little bit but doesn't hit enough that still exists as well like those videos will still exist my videos will still exist on there they just don't have to pay for them anymore they used to have to pay to have my videos on there they don't have to do that anymore my videos still exist they'll still hit in the algorithm they're still getting the same amount of views they're just not having to pay for them anymore So it's a win-win for YouTube to demonetize that channel. That's for sure. And it's another way to possibly hide just the small amount and just temporarily the effects of the ad revenue um, and the global kind of macroeconomics of the world happening right now with the recession and ad dollars not being spent as much. That's my take. That's my conspiracy of the day. Put your tinfoil hats on if you don't have them on already. But I think that my tiny ass channel and many others like it that make slightly controversial content are getting demonetized at a rapid rate. And they're putting those ads to channels that they favor more that, you know, whatever, you know, it's a private business. I, I get it. But um, I'm looking out for my private interest my private business and I'm trying to get ahead here and I am uh I'm thinking that um you know YouTube used to be used to be 99% of my income now I have a pretty good thing going with Prime Video and Roku and Tubi I've got series of plenty going up on there YouTube is now You know, and I've got sponsorship deals I'm ripping on YouTube. YouTube is now 75, maybe 80% of my income, maybe less even, maybe between 70 and 80% of my income now. And I'm happy about that because it is really silly to have all of your income come from one stream. And um, I've been getting into trading. I've been getting hard into trading. Uh, I've learned all of these trading strategies and I've been implementing them and learning and reading charts and and watching people uh, teach me about different technical analysis and learning about fundamentals, which is the broader kind of um, more of like the economical news and things like that. The technicals are the charts themselves and I've been getting into it. It's been really fun. Um, a lot really really fun and I have made money from it and that's another reason that my my YouTube is now becoming less important to me um, financially it's still very important to me in a creative way because basically it's a it's like a when you're trading you're not doing anything (laughs) you're not you're just you're buying something from somebody And you're selling it to somebody else at hopefully a higher price and you are creating nothing and it's so crazy that so many people do that and so much of that is going on and that so much money is made that way and so much money is lost that way by people who are basically gambling or um you know getting tricked basically by their emotions um making bad decisions and also not paying attention enough you know it takes a lot of work to be a a good trader it takes a lot of work it's not a passive thing people just want to passively oh yeah the stock market you know goes up 10 percent on average or eight percent on average year after year if you're invested in yeah but only if you're invested in 20 years for for 20 years i should say and you know still it's like yeah so it's not passive income that's not that's that's risky. The, treating the stock market as passive income is extremely risky. Uh, a lot more risky than trading. If you learn a good trading strategy, if you can implement a good trading strategy. Um, so yeah, that's 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 something I've become quite obsessed with. I, I guess I do this thing where I become kind of obsessed with something, and I kind of just go hoard on it. And I've been every day. I've been learning about trading for months now and i haven't really been talking about it but um i plan on starting to create some content around it um it's kind of difficult i, I it won't be for a while like it might be like it's like a long term plan i think i'll probably start maybe sometime this summer maybe maybe august but i'm thinking like september october of this year of 2023 I'm going to start creating some, some pretty good content around trading. And my plan was to put it up on Forrest Stevens, YouTube, you know, and now I'm demonetized. So I got to figure that out. Um, You know, luckily uh, trading isn't illegal. Trading stocks, trading crypto, things like that. Um, I'm not really, you know, yeah, anyway, that's something I'm interested in. That's something I'm going to do. And right now I'm just basically talking about all the stuff that I'm doing. <laughs> That's a podcast, right? That's what a podcast is, is just a, a catching up with somebody. Um, no, you know, it's it, it's tough right now. Um, I, I don't really have much inner dialogue. I don't really have much um, that I'm like improving in my mind or that like the activities that I'm doing aren't really actually feeding who I am and giving me some kind of experiences in my mind in some ways they are but it's also very personal like it's like um, it's like uh, you know I I lived in Australia when I was three and I, I have when I before I came here I had about three no yeah three memories of Australia and Week and a half in, I have, I have, I kind of, they kind of like, they're fading a little bit and they come and go and stuff, but I probably have about seven or eight memories now. And they are these memories that are really precious when I have them. Um, they kind of come to me kind of randomly when I, when I'm in an environment that is reminiscent of it. Um, and, you know, they're when I was three, you know, uh, that, those are very, very early memories. And they're with my family. They're with my mom who just passed away last year, you know, last summer. And um, they're special. They're very special memories to me. And they they make me, they make me, um, well, it's hard to say, you know, it, it, there is a little bit of personal growth that is happening because of those memories and those experiences, but they make me feel sad because I miss my mom and because they remind me of my mother, but it makes, it's a beautiful sadness. You know, it's like, it's like music, you know, the most beautiful songs ever written and ever performed and, and that you can listen to, in my opinion are sad songs it doesn't mean every sad song is beautiful but the most beautiful music out there has an underlying sadness usually that plays through it and i find that that's the case with a lot of things in this world i think sadness is is an emotion that can really make you recognize beauty which is uh, it seems counterintuitive kind of like it seems like sadness is bad you know but I don't think that's true. I think, I think sadness can put you in a space of, of great appreciation, and that's what I've been feeling by these memories that have been triggered. I've been feeling um, really, really uh, appreciative of who my mom was and the life that I've lived and the childhood that I had because of her. And and, you know, the childhood that I've had because of my, my father and my, my sister and my brother and all the people that I met along the way, all my friends that I've had throughout time that I've, you know, that I met and, and the friends that I've kind of, that have fallen to the wayside as, as, as you move in this, in this world. And the friends that you reignite with and, and you know it's makes me appreciate every moment of my life when i have uh, a memory kind of triggered by by um by being here um which is good you know it's nice it's it's not like <clears throat> you know we all have traumas in our life that happen to us in our in our early childhood that develop us in some way And, um, you know, when those memories are triggered, that's a, that's something to deal with, but, you know, I, I haven't had any traumatizing memories triggered on this trip yet. (laughs) Who knows? There might be some, but I, um, I'm having these memories that, that feel beautiful. And with that beauty is the sadness of the loss, of course, but, it's also just a memory, you know, it's just exists in my mind. And, um, I appreciate it. Anyway, thank you all for listening to this podcast. I hope to do more on this trip. It has been hard to kind of find the time and to dedicate the time to this and to get myself in the right mind and space to do so. Um, I didn't really talk about this much, but I, uh, a little while ago, you know, I quit smoking weed and I kind of started dabbling into it again. It's that thing where I need to form, I needed to form a better relationship with it. And I really needed to step back and step away from it to be able to do that. Um, because I needed to recognize what it does to me. And there's lots of podcasts on this a lot, lots of episodes in this podcast where I talk about the different things that I learned from quitting. And, uh, th- I learned, you know, that it was kind of, that every single action that you do is a, is a step towards a certain direction. And cannabis was making me, my use of cannabis was stepping me in, a, in into a direction of, of basically not making any money of, of pushing me into definitely creative realms and doing certain, basically living a life that wasn't going to provide me um, the life that I wanted financially. And so I needed to balance that. And And I thought at, at some point that maybe it wasn't uh, to be used at all in my life. Um, but I started dabbling again because I also began to recognize that it provides a lot of joy when I use it infrequently. It, it gives me experiences where I laugh really hard. And I, and in those moments, I recognized that I hadn't laughed like that. I hadn't felt those emotions of, of giggliness and joy. Um, you know, sure. I'd had fun and stuff. I'm not like a zombie, like a, you know, zombie that wants to make money, (laughs) um, when I'm not smoking weed, but, um, I found that it it invoked, uh, it invokes that novelty sense. It also, um, pushed me creative. It pushes me creatively in ways, and it makes me feel relaxed and able to express myself and to learn, uh, and to have fun in the moment. Um, And I can do all those things without it but the feeling is different it feels different without it and it feels different with it and so i needed to balance that and so i had been dabbling and and just kind of infrequently um and and with purpose as well that that was something that used to be really important for me and then i just started doing it all the time just you know consuming cannabis all the time um but it's really important for me to do it with purpose Um, And the purpose doesn't have to be like some like, oh, I'm sitting and meditating and levitating off the ground and consuming cannabis in a ritual sense or anything like that, you know, uh, with a setting and intention doesn't even have to be that it's like, the purpose has to be like, I'm going to go have a shower, and I'm going to smoke some weed beforehand, because I know that I'm really going to enjoy this shower, and I might have some crazy deep thoughts, and I'm going to bring my phone with me so that I can write some things down um because I'm gonna start tripping uh the intention could be I want to watch this movie and I know this is a really fucking good movie this is like a classic or this is a a, a, amazing comedy or this is something that is highly anticipated or something I really enjoy a new episode of a show or something a a show that I've been really enjoying I'm gonna smoke weed for this so that I can get even deeper into that so those are the intentions that I've set, and those are two Um, you know, just real basic things. The other thing might be, oh, I'm going to go for a hike and I want to be more immersed in nature. I want to be more fascinated by the world around me. And I know that cannabis will give me that sense of novelty. And, um, now I'm in Australia where (laughs) cannabis is very legal. I mean, the, the legal system here in, in Australia is very interesting. Um, for instance, when you're driving, people not only don't drive like they don't it's not that they don't even speed like nobody speeds for one but it's not even that it's that they drive the like a huge percentage of the population here drives way under the speed limit like you're on a you're on a highway where you're supposed to go 100 kilometers there's tons of people driving 80 kilometers like tons Like, it's so weird. It's like, do you not have anywhere to be? Are you just out for like a casual drive in the city? Like, what is going on that 50% of the people are not going the speed limit? Like, it's insane. In Canada, everybody's at least like, it's like, it's like a kind of a joke that like you don't get a ticket if you're, if you're going just 10 over. So people will basically, if the speed limit is 100 kilometers, they're going 109 minimum. They're going 109 kilometers an hour minimum. So it's really bizarre. And that's because there's all these speed cameras everywhere. And because there's these huge fines and demerits off your license if you get caught speeding. And they do these crazy drug tests that are super inaccurate. And so nobody smokes weed and and drives, of course. Um, Canada, I got to say that happens all the time. It happens all the time still um but you know you know a lot of people still don't do that that i mean hopefully not and hopefully people don't do that because it's very dangerous um but uh it, it definitely happens but yeah i think people don't do that as much um there's in like and the other thing about drug testing that's really wild is like harder drugs will pass through your system a lot more and are harder to detect and cannabis is pretty easy to detect and actually lingers a lot in your system so people will that's what's crazy is because of the illicitness of cannabis here people i believe people pick harder drugs because it's easier to get away with than cannabis it's really wild people think cannabis is a gateway drug i think if you over it it makes people choose other things which are even worse um but anyway so i uh haven't been smoking any weed um but really wanting to because the nature here is awesome it's such a new experience it's it was so wild first getting here and now i'm starting to get kind of get used to it and i i just want to go into nature and be like holy shit there's a fucking wallaby oh my god look at it it's looking at me it's jumping it's hopping instead of like running or walking or you know jump like it's like hopping around to get around and that still is fascinating without cannabis don't get me wrong but once again it just elevates it it it's that experience and um so yeah cannabis is super illegal it's still you know you can still get it you can get anything that's illegal in this world I mean the the law doesn't stop people from doing things people still speed but definitely it's really wild the traffic here it's so weird driving when nobody is I'm just like usually I'm getting past like crazy and I'm passing people all over the place here because I, I drive the speed limit um, back home. And, you know, I I like to drive for fuel efficiency and things like that. And people are just, just Sunday driving out here in the middle of the city. It's crazy. Anyway, um, all that to be said that I hope to get some cannabis on this trip and, and to enjoy that. And I'm stoked to see how terrible it is and how expensive it is. I know that it's already really expensive. It's like 200 bucks for like, like, a like a half ounce, you know, it's like twice the price, if not more. Um, plus I just grew four pounds of weed back home that I have just in jars, you know, it's like, I haven't like that, that would be like, I would pick up some kingpin or something here. Uh, but I just casually grew it in my front yard back home. Um, anyway, uh, love you all. Thank you all for listening so much. Um, My channel is demonetized on YouTube. I'm going to figure out all out, but this will be this podcast is on YouTube. Uh, Go subscribe there. Subscribe here. Follow rate review all that stuff that really helps out. And of course, share with a friend. That's the biggest thing you can always do is share with a friend. That's how podcasts get spread. If you enjoyed this, if you have if you know somebody else that you think might enjoy this, just send it their way. Who knows? Then you guys can chat about these these different subjects that I bring up. You can think, you know, that's the beauty of a podcast is it can create a conversation between you and someone else. And you can talk about that thing that was talked about in a podcast. So share it around. And then of course, if you want to check out any of my movies, uh, go to Amazon Prime, type in my name, Forrest Stevens. The reality of Van Life is on there, Alternative Dwellings is on there, my movie Moments my movie Best Friends. Um, These are all on on uh, some of those are on Amazon, you can buy them. And some of them are actually on Amazon Prime. You can watch them and stream them through that. They're also on Tubi and Roku channel. So go check those out. Thanks, everyone. And uh, yeah, we'll see you on the next one.